This episode is sponsored by Better Help. What is the first thing that you would do if you had an extra hour in your life? Oh, the first thing I just thought was, oh, I'm going to need more than an hour to fit that stuff in. But uh, the fact is a lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. I know that is for me. That's a big thing, uh, especially you get older. <laughs> um, and the question, you know, time for what? What would you do? Would it actually make you feel better? What is it that you feel you're missing in order, you know, that that would make it better? Um, and and one of the ways to sort of help figure out that out is is therapy. It can help you find out what matters most to you so you can do more of it or focus on what it is that you're spending your time on that that maybe isn't giving you that that sort of fulfilling experience. Um, and it's interesting because a lot of times people talk about therapy or they talk about mental health or it's about uh, trauma or it is about, you know, like like a, a great amount of pain or anything. And those things are all very valid and everything. But also, you know, in some ways there's stumbling blocks. Uh, there is sort of a, a, something indefinable that you're having a hard time getting to that maybe is stopping you from feeling as confident as you can, as good as you can. And, you know, therapy uh, is, is one way to go after that. If you are thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, is designed to, be, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire, you'll get matched with a licensed therapist. You may switch therapists at any time you like for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. You're listening to iFanboy Talksplode with Brian Wood, writer of Demo, DMZ, Northlanders, and Deviate. Hey everybody, Ron from iFanboy here, and I want to welcome you to this latest edition of iFanboy Talksplode. This week we're talking to writer Brian Wood. Uh, in case you haven't noticed, this uh, February of 2010 appears to be Brian Wood Month, as uh, Demo Number 1 uh, just came out in stores this week. Next week we've got DMZ Number 50, followed up by Northlanders Number 25 coming out, and then later on in April, Deviate Number 1 finally hit stands. I had a chance to catch up with Brian and hear about all these great projects and more. Kind of a kind of a funny feeling because I've been writing all these books that are set to come out like ages ago, you know, and uh, suddenly they're all going to come. I'm going to have like four monthly books. Yeah, wow. Jeez, coming out. I guess I guess in April is when the fourth one is going to going to start. Yeah. So um, so to to kind of lead it off, I got a little rundown here of all the stuff going. So uh, demo returns to comic book stores this week. Um, Yep. Uh, and so, uh, for those who uh, those who didn't read demo the first time around, what what is demo? Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of different things. Um, demo was, um, I guess, I guess the basic concept of demo is uh, artist Becky Clunan and I sort of taking the uh, sort of like well worn uh, sub genre in comics of the of the teenager with, with powers. Um, and sort of like take, we, we, we did it in a very ground level, very real, realistic, very like indie comics way. Um, a friend, a friend of mine once called it, uh, love and rockets mixed with the, with the X-Men, which is like, it's very, very nice. I was very flattered to hear that. It's not exactly what it, what it is, but it kind of gives, gives you a ballpark idea. Um, and uh, you know, taking with that like basic umbrella concept, we did these short stories, these done in one comics, uh, com- completely unrelated to to each 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 other. It was really sort of like the uh, like the ultimate and like the done in one comic, in that with each with each issue is an entirely di- different um, cast and different story. Sometimes a completely different genre. But it all kind of fit under that that umbrella concept. Um, 
we like put a lot of it was a very it was a very high end uh, single comic like the paper was 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 really thick and and shine shiny and uh we put a lot of back back matter into it and it was kind of like the i mean i don't know if it, if it was the first the first one but it was like kind of like the first of like this recent uh crowd of of indie comics doing 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 that like Sal and Cat Casanova and Wasteland and Fon, Phonogram and stuff they all sort of do that you know where they where we make this single issue kind of the the preferred for format, you know, with all with all the X textures in the back and higher production values and stuff. So um, yeah, so we just sort of like jumped all over the map, just like kind of like tearing apart that that concept of like the young young person, you know, kind of at a crossroads in in, in their life and not being normal, having some something that makes them different, and. Uh, you know, it did it did really really well. It did really well over over time. It kind of became Becky and my call, calling card to Vertigo. It kind of got us both both in there, and uh, yeah, so we're doing it all 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 over over again. Yeah, and so how how long ago was the first series? It was like six years ago, right? Wasn't it? Or yeah, yeah, almost exactly. Exactly, it was November of oh three when the when the first demo one came out so I, you know, I remember i remember picking up that issue and reading it and just thinking that it was just you know it was it was it was like you know like so many of the other kind of powered based comics i've read but unlike it at the same time because it had that indie feel um yeah. so so picking picking the title back up and working with becky again after six years is like did it you guys just kind of click back into place or have you both evolved as creators and and do you think the the experience is a little sharper or what was it like yeah, I, I think I think everything you just said is right. I mean, it's very easy, easy to start working with Becky again because um, I mean we've we've stayed friends and she she lives close close by, so so I see her a lot. Um, so uh, so in that respect, it's very easy to start working with her again. Um, it, that was always it was always the big thing for me. Like one of the things that made me so so excited to to write this book again is um, just, just to see how Beck, Becky and I have both changed um, in terms of our, of, of our skill, like, like the quality of our, our work um, after six years and after so many thousands of comic book pages <laughs> written and drawn, you know? Um, and so, you know, but at the same time, we, I mean, I had to, it was actually a little bit hard cause I had to kind of like unlearn a lot of what I've learned <laughs> to get like that, like the demo. I mean, I'm so used to writing monthly books that are part of a larger story storyline. Um, that it was kind of like I sort of had to re- regress a bit in order to capture like that free flow, flowing, very open kind of story style that demo is. Um, not that I regressed and made it crap crappy or anything, <laughs> but uh, it, it was definitely like very different muscles. It was a very like un DC comics kind of way of working, um, and we sort of had to like you know, um, like the ed- editors there. My editors were very like mindful of that, and so it sort of like stayed stayed out of the way. You know, it didn't didn't treat it, treat it like it was an issue of DMZ in terms of how how hands on they are. Um, all for the you know for the goal of recreating whatever the process was that Becky and I you know found to make demo in the first the first place. And, and it, it's almost I mean it's it's interesting because you said that it's the ultimate you know kind of one and done. And the first series was totally that there was no kind of thread that tied it through other than the fact that it was just young people with their powers. Um, yeah. And it, it almost you know reminded me because like your work after demo with local. It felt like it started that way, but then you introduced the 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 thread of uh, following the main girl throughout the whole thing, and it became awesome. Was it? Yeah. Is it? Is it tough to to hold that back? Like, did you, you know, at any moment that you're like, well, yeah, it would be great to do one and done, but I'm going to introduce this as a as a plot thread throughout the entire thing. You know? No, I think I really um, yeah. Well, I guess I'm saying I don't really have that urge. Um, that it's kind of nice, you know. Every time I start a demo script, to know that everything I'm making, I can walk walk away from in the, in 22 pages. Pages. Um, I think it actually helps me to be a little creative, uh, more so because, like, I'm not worrying about you know what's going to happen, you know, 20 issues down down the line, or even like a dozen issues. You know, I can just sort of live in the moment with it. Um, and I also think it's a good, a good creative exercise. I think every writer, every writer, should sort of experience what it's like to 
just spending the time in the creative juice, you know, you're like building a set of characters up only to like, you know, basically just discard them <laughs> at, at, at that of a story. It's a good perspective, you know, of honing, you know, ex- exercise. So no, that's all I played really, really strapped. Um, I think when, when we began this, the second run, a lot of people asked me if I was going to like, you know, bring back any of the old characters. And I never will. And a part of that, you know, a part of what makes Demo so special is that you're you're keeping the black and white format. Was there in was there any um, at any moment do you and Becky think that hey, you know, let's do it in color? We can. We got the resources now. Or was it always meant to be a black and white? Yeah, we really just didn't see any need to to change it up. I mean, I think we were also a little bit wary of um, the possibility that if we brought Demo back and it was like full full color like it would just look like a like a dc comic and it would be like oh man like demo sold out you know or something you know um we didn't want to like you know monkey with it too much um i felt like it was enough that we were you know bringing it from like a tiny indie comp- company to to time, time warner you know right, sure <laughs> so um and uh yeah so we didn't want to even have that be like a possibility you know have anybody have the chance to like hold that 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 against it um yeah, and, and we were just like very upfront with with Karen Berger and and my ed- editor Will Dennis about it. You know, I was like, if I want to do this, I just want it to be as close to the, like the original run. Um, like, ideally, if these were ever put together into a single book, like I would hope that it wouldn't be obvious on the surface which was new and which was old. You know? Sure. Yeah. Um, so, like, you know, the letterer sort of like picked a very sim- similar font. You know, for the for the di- the di- dialogue, and we used all the same like you know title fonts and that, and, that, and everything. And the covers are like very slightly changed, but basically the same. So that I mean that was kind of the goal, and every step of the way, you know, Vertigo was like cool with it. You know, there's no ads in the book. Um, there's actually ads I see on the on the inside front and back cover, covers, but in the actual book the book itself. You know, there aren't there, there aren't any, which is which is nice. Cool. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, so issue number one came out in stores this week, and um, and it's gonna be a six issue mini. Yeah, yeah, that's the case. Cool. And then, and then, yeah, uh, there's always a chance there'll be more. I think at at the time, I I was I was unsure. Um, and we hadn't actually begun writing it yet. And I was like, man, I hope we we can pull this off off again. Like it was kind of a kind of an unknown known to me. So I so I committed to a six. And they're called like volume one and now volume two, so obviously there's plenty of of there, there's a good chance there'll be more. Yeah, and um, so I mean it's it's funny. Do you ever find yourself because you're you know because they're, they're they're single stories and you're creating a new character, but not only creating a new character and they're like whatever their story is. Um, like in the in the case of this first issue, it's you know about a woman who's in San Francisco and she's got a boyfriend and a job and you know and you introduce this power. Do you find yourself you ever get challenged to not only create the character's like life, but then also okay, well, what power is going to screw up that life? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I feel like I'm sort of. I mean, with the exception of of a few um, of of the very early demo demo st- stories that were very like archetypal powers, you know, like super strength or whatever. Um, like, I do feel like I'm sort of like you know creating creating that that too, um, at least up to a point. Like, I always try to make, make something different about it. And these and these new stories are kind of have more more of a supernatural slant. Okay. And like a superpower in the comic book book sense, um, like that. This this first first one. I mean, she has some sort of weird. I mean, there's there's kind of kind of a twist to to it, which which I won't say. But there's, uh, or I guess, I guess I could could say if this is nah. already out. <laughs> well, we well, we want people to go pick it up. So it's <laughs> right. Well, it's uh, it's. Um, I mean, I I won't. But I'll just say that it's. Um, you know, she has this like you know sort of like walking dream state that she's in this pre pre recognition thing um, that has, has a twist, but that's not really like a conventional superpower. And it's not like she can like use it at, at will or whatever, you know? Um, so it's a bit different. And like the second one, you know, it's just, I mean, I've already said in, in, in other interviews, so I don't mind saying it, but it's like a, it's like a cannibal story, which, which really, really isn't up 
a power per se, but I, I do feel like it, you know, kind of makes sense. I mean, it's like a, it's like a thing he's burdened, burdened with like some kind of, kind of a trait, you know, involuntary um and, and it's funny because i as I was, as I was reading the first issue um there's some you know you and becky create, create a story that's got some great locations and becky really nailed it um as far as you know d- depicting both san francisco as well as london um specifically the cathedral she drew just is, ama- is amazing looking yeah i think i'm never gonna gonna live that that down <laughs> <laughs> it's like i've i've been there myself and becky hasn't um and it was actually really hard to find photo ref reference of it because um, they don't really like allow you to take a lot of pictures. Like, I mean, I, I went to Lon- London recently, uh, the last couple of years, and I was appalled at how few times I was allowed to take pic- pictures. Of wow. Um, they're really strict there, like a lot of like velvet ropes, like where you can and can't can't walk. It's a little strange. It's very different from when I when I went to it- Italy and I could literally walk up and touch like Galileo's tomb. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like if I tried that in England, they would have like shot shot me or something. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I, I was like really str- I was struggling hard to find good good photo reference. You know, that wasn't like a small little picture you know online. And I think at the end of it, Becky was like. I've drawn this thing so many times. I'm I'm having dreams about it. You know, it's just kind of in a funny like art art meets meets life. Yeah, kind of say, yeah. And uh, she's like, I can draw this in my eyes closed. Like, Screw you, would. You know? um, so. but, but yeah, no, but it's 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 just so funny because you layer you know you layer in the character piece, you lay in the power piece, but then you also put in the geographies. And this is like any any fan of local would definitely eat this up. You know, just in terms. Yeah, of, and yeah. I kind of feel like I've sort of absorbed that yeah. that local thing to the point where I mean, I do it in. DMZ. I mean, I kind of have to do it in DMZ, and it's sort of become an, an illness of mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Much to my artist's dismay. Um, but to my credit, I always give give them all the reference I can find. I mean, I spend a lot of time, you know, handing them exact photo, like in the scripts. You know, I'll be like, here's a here's what what I want you to draw, and here's a link to the exact thing. Right. You know, so I, so they don't have to waste their time. You know. Yeah. You know, fulfilling my my many whims. <laughs> cool. So, uh, so you mentioned DMZ, and I, I want to move on to that. But before we do, so you know, demo issue number one. It's in comic book stores. You know, definitely pick it up if you didn't read the first one, um, or if you read the first one. Either way, it's a great you know one. It's one shot. It's only. Um, it's only two ninety nine, so there's no reason not to pick it up. That's for sure. Um, yeah, there are, there's no no ads, which yeah. is nice. Yeah, so. cool. Um, so DMZ number fifty comes out, and that's going to be in stores on in the comic book stores on, on next week on February tenth. Um, yeah. Uh, and I'm looking at the names associated with this issue, and talk about a fiftieth issue celebration. I mean, you got Jim Lee, Fabio Moon, Ryan Kelly, Philip Bond, Eduardo Riso, Dave Gibbons. Like the 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 DC just kind of hand you this team, or did you have to go around and beg? Or like no, it's like uh, and it's very much um, well, Dave Gibbons. Um, he actually did a variant cover of Northland and Lander, so it's not the first time I've I've had him like you know uh, go out of go out of his way to you know to to help me out. Um, but it was really I think. At the time we we were thinking about this, this probably goes goes back almost a uh, year now. Um, like we knew we knew this this issue was coming coming up, and it just happened to to come after the the end of an arc. So it was like the per, per, perfect time to do something different. Um, and uh, so I sort of had this thought. I mean, the thing that's always plagued me with this book is that there's so much possible story. In, in the concept of DMZ, there's actually physically no way I could do it, do it all. It's very hard for me to put everything that I personally want to say into the main story, into the main story storyline. Like there's only some so many pages, you know. Um, so I thought this is a chance to sort of like you know create this con- concept of like you know Matty Ross sort of like field field notes, all the things he might like see in a random day and jot down. You know, it's sort of like very short snip, snippets of random cool aspects of life in the DMZ. Um, so my editor, Will, was like, well, you know, since I, you know I'll bust open the, the Rolodex for <laughs> this. You know, it'll be great. You know, we sort of had in mind kind of like those old Transmet spe- uh, specials. Yeah, you know, that's what it reminded me of. Big time. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't want to do that all the, all the way through. I wanted to have some multi-page stories as well. So I think we have... I can't even think of it offhand. I think we have like five 
uh, multi-page stories and about five like single pagers. And, um, you know, they run from like a couple of pages long up to like eight pages long. And, uh, yeah, so that was it. And so then I just sort of like began writing them and trying to like pair them up with the, with the artist as best I could. Um, it got slight, slight, slightly touch, touch and go towards the, towards the end there. <laughs> um, with some, with some of the bigger names who are obviously very, very busy, but yeah, it all worked, 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 worked out great. I haven't, I haven't actually seen colored pages of all of them yet, but yeah, I mean, it's really, it's really, I think it's, uh, it's, it's a light, hard, hearted book. I mean, DMZ can get really, really grim at times, and it's especially grim now. So I wanted to make a point of having this be, like, I wanted to to, cel- to celebrate it, you know. So for like the most part, it's like overwhelmingly positive story, stories, you know. And some of them are like are like a little, you know, light light hearted even. And um, yeah, and it's it should be they're like classic stories they don't like they're not like continuity heavy they're not really part of any particular time or a place in the main story storyline so yeah. well yeah, what i thought what i thought was interesting is that even you know even with the the rotating artists it really gives it, it was consistent in the feel for this is what this environment is like and this is what new york city is like in this world um right you know even with the varying kind of degrees of of you know lightheartedness versus seriousness or versus you know you know whether it's violence or humor or whatever that's that, that's happening um uh, my my personal favorite. I mean, I love the 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 story you did with Ryan Kelly. Or uh, there's a, this for people who are going to read this eventually. But there's a great story about what happened to the art in New York City and like little concepts like that, which I think are amazing. Yeah, I mean that was. I mean, I have like a million questions like that, and I got asked a million questions like that. Well, like what's going going on here? You know, and um, I don't always like. God, I wish I could write something about that. You know, yeah. it's just like there's only so much space. It's really. That's gonna that's gonna be like my my regret with this with this book when when all is said and said and done, because I felt like I wish every month I had like seventy pages, you know, <laughs> to the, to uh, to spend, you know. Yeah. And I really don't, so it's a, it's a real it's a real shame. Yeah, <laughs> um, but so so now the book itself so it reached fifty issues, and and like you said, it's been it's at a really grim point right now. It, it, do you ever get to the point where you you where you're worried that it's almost like the point of no return? I mean, you know, I, I, we've talked before, and you said there is an end in mind and stuff like that. And I assume everything is moving towards that end, but you yeah. know, you know, like is, is you know is everything going to plan at least, or is, is, is does it get kind of hard to you know keep control of the story? No, I mean, I, it's, it's very well planned out. Um, it's not, I don't know how, how apparent or how obvious that is, if at all, but, um, I mean, everybody that read, that, that reads it monthly and read issue 40, 49 with that big, big event. Yeah. I mean, you can just like, you can, once you sort of saw, saw that, you can just go all the way back to issue 29 when Maddie met, met Parco, you know, and that was like the the beginning. It was sort of like, I mean, I felt like I was a little slightly obvious, you know, put a lot of writing on the wall all this time about how this is not going to end, end well, you know. <laughs> um, you know, this Park, Parker guy is not a good guy for Maddie to be so so in love with, you know. Um, <laughs> you know, so, I mean, that's, I mean, I sort of, like, had that in mind all the way back in issue 2029. So, um, so, I mean, Maddie's story, story is, like, locked. Like, I know exactly what's going to happen between now and pro- probably issue 70. Um, so we got like just under a couple of years left. And, uh, you know, I'm still, I mean, the, the, the events around Maddie are always in, in the flux. Like I always sort of like, you know, adjust as I write, but I have like a general map of, of, you know, what's going to happen to the city and, and, and everything. So yeah, you know, let, let no one think this, this book is not going to a plan. <laughs> DC, DC kind of like want, like they really want it planned. Like they ask what's going to happen, and like I have to like plan everything out. So it's definitely uh, locked. I was just gonna say it just it just seems that with every with every arc that the 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 temperature gets a little hotter and it just gets a little more intense and a little more you know and like you said going yeah. back to when you introduced Parko that that's that's really been the big change in the story because like I felt as if the early stories were getting a feel for the DMZ and a feel for the environment but then like it wasn't until you introduced Parko that you really got to the story. Um, yeah, at least in terms of like a like a main storyline. Sure, sure. Yeah, like it. Yeah, when I when I created Parco, I was like, I mean, I didn't tell anybody anybody this, but 
And so like I'm gonna be like like living with this guy for like the rest of the book. I and mean, this is like um I think if once the book's done and you step back, I mean Parker's a huge part a part of it. He's like on par with like Maddie and Z, you know. And so I mean we're gonna cool cool it down. Like starting with issue fifty one, um like we're like cooling down. I mean, it's it's going to be a very solid solitary arc with like Maddie. He's sort of like I mean, at the end of forty nine, without giving everything away, he sort of like self self exiles himself. You know, so I mean, it's it's going to be. Um, I mean, it's not it's not a, a a slow arc, but it's like a separate arc. Like Maddie's kind of out of the Parco pol- political world for like a bit. You know, he's sort of like doing a a very important, very necessary bit of self-reflection <laughs> you know um, after everything and uh, I, I always like say you know this recent arcs it's like the rise of, of Maddie and then the fall of Maddie you know in 49 and so we're sort of like I mean he's going to have to like he's going to have to sort sort himself out you know in the mess he's made now I mean that's what he has to do and do now or give up but I don't think he's going to give up <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I mean, so so much of DMZ, at least when it started, you know, felt as if you know, like you know, it's this kind of like alternate present or ultimate or you know, alternate very short future. But you know, like it was kind of clear some of the political kind of um, influences, you know, from our world into the world of DMZ and stuff like that. As you know, as the world has kind of changed since you started DMZ, has your approach to the story changed, or have you worked in kind of more re- recent developments? And and just to, and just to just to preface, like I I'm not a politics arguer guy, so I'm not trying to make it yeah. into a politics. Discussion. No, no, it's all right. No, it's a valid. It's totally valid. Um, I think at the beginning it was very much a you know like a, a like a straightforward allegory, you know, of like you know the the Iraq War. I did a lot of research beyond the, the the Iraq War, but that was really, I mean, at the time that was like hot in the news, and that was what you know, like I feel like every interview I did was like about that. That was like you know it's major, it's major like draw, I, I guess, um, and. Uh, you know, it was quite a quite a coincidence that the Parco story was happening at the same time as like Obama running for a president. Like, like I knew it was gonna gonna be, like I I planned it that I was gonna <clears throat> excuse me that I was gonna write, write that story during the the election year, during during ours. You know, <clears throat> so uh, so that was in common. But then everybody saw Parco, and I think a lot of people just like made a made a assumption. Um, that, oh, Parko's Obama, Obama, you know, and I'm like, well, he, first of all, he's really not Obama, <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know, like he couldn't be further, further, further from him, you know, personality-wise, and uh, and also it was kind of like a bit accidental. I mean, I had all the Parko stuff figured out like way, way before Obama became a candidate. Um, so I've sort of like I've, I've been aware that you know everybody was like looking to like connect those to those those two, and I, so I really made it made a. a I really tried hard not to not to make any obvious links. I wanted it to be separate. Um, and now I feel like we're sort of getting into a zone where, I mean, with with what happened in number 40, forty nine, we're sort of like we're sort of out of current current events now. We're sort of more into a more of like a futuristic, you know, uh, what if scenario, scenario. Whereas some of the earlier DM DMZs were very much, you know, about what was happening in the in the news. So it's like it's shifting a bit, but I think it kind of has to. Like I really, I mean, like everything has to like ramp up really, really high for like the end of the series, you know. So we're we're kind of getting getting more into like the science fictiony realm um, in terms of like the what if, like almost like an alternate his, his history sort of sort of thing. And, and, yeah, I mean, and, and I think that it's interesting because you know, as I've read it, I've tried to, you know, knowing that it was, you know, kind of based on that allegory. I've, as I've read it, I've tried to say, okay, well, what, you know, what's going on here? How's that? What's going on in 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 today's world? But it it has deviated and it has become almost like this thing is thing of its its own self. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. at some point it was it was you know it just had had to be that way. I mean, you know, you can do it do an allegory up to a point, but I always figured like where where do I take 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 this after that? You know. Um, so, um, so if nobody's ever if nobody's ever read DMZ, would you say that DMZ fifty is probably a good one to grab to get a feel for what the world is like? Or yeah, yeah. I mean, I consciously so it's sort of. I mean, it's there's there's going to be stuff that that isn't immediately clear. I mean, you just kind of get introduced to uh, Wilson, 
you know? And, you know, I mean, obviously you don't know any of the Wilson back backstory, so you might be like, oh, well, who's this guy? But, I mean, the actual story in the book isn't going to... I mean, that's that's going to get to make sense. So, yeah, I would say it's... I mean, I, I've been telling retailers this, too. I mean, this is like... I mean, use this to sort of like, you know, see if you can get get anybody interested in the series. It's very, it's like, it's it's very broad. Like it touches on a lot of different types of types of themes and stories and stuff. And we have all this great art. Uh, Riso's um, Wilson page is really, really fantastic. <laughs> like I saw that one thing and I was like, I wish I could just write like a Wilson spinoff book, <laughs> like based on this one drawing. Like there's so much in there. It was really, really cool. Um, so yeah, definitely it's a, it's a, you know, a jump, jumping on point, I guess it's, so it's 32 pages of story in a 40 page book. There's a deviate preview in the back of it. Oh, even better. So there you go. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I think it's three ninety nine because it's a long yeah, book. My first, uh, I, should, I shouldn't say. I was gonna say it's my first three three ninety nine book, but that's not true. <laughs> that's what the market was, I guess I forgot. Yeah, but um, you know, just the just the anthology aspect of it is great. I mean, just like the idea of this mini anthology in the DMZ world, and and even you know taking that same kind of um, nod from Transmat, where, where like you know you could have easily had you know Jim Lee draw you a, a you know a one page pinup, but like to throw in the text to kind of to bolster. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I really did not want any like you know pinup pages. You know, I didn't want a gallery. Like I wanted it to be, uh, um, you know, I wanted there to be writing on every page, you know, story on every page. Yeah, no, it's it's great, and so that that makes the Jim Lee page and the Dave Givens page and the the Philip Bond page just so you know so much you know so much better. And they and oh, the, and I want to talk to you about the um, the Fabio Moon story. Um, yep, uh, it's a silent story. No, there's no dialogue, right? Yeah. the copy I got. I'm hoping I got the right copy. <laughs> no, no, that's absolutely right. And that was a case of, um, and I think, I think he, he was the first art, artist I uh, asked um, way, way back, back when. Um, so it was definitely a case of like knowing who the art artist was before I wrote it. You know, and with him, like, I just like, if, if there was anybody I was ever going to, write a write a silent story story for it'd be it'd be him because he would he'd really really you know do do well well with that so yeah i mean sure it's like i think that's one one of the four four pages um but it's great i mean he did it perfectly um i always like feel slightly bad bringing a new artist into like the tmz world because they have to draw so much crap (laughs) it's like anytime i draw like you know any any city you shot it's like a lot of work you know so, uh, but he he handled it well. Yeah. You know, All that rubble without 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 <laughs> anger or anything. Yeah. <laughs> And 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 the story and the story really works. I mean, from a storytelling standpoint, it, it, it you know it, it you know you don't need any words to see what's going on. And so you know, in terms of yeah, and we did that thing with the color. I guess you don't have a color. Version. No, I don't. Unfortunately, yeah. But the uh, but that object that that kid has is it's it's almost it's almost a black and white story. Like it's like it's like toned, but it's like with a slight color thing. But that that it's a it's an unexploded cluster bomb. It's like bright orange. So it really pops, and that that also helps helps the the story too. Cool, yeah. Well, it's 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 great. I mean, it's I've been reading DMZ since issue one, and this has just been a great little you know, like it's almost like a a a a, uh, a moment to exhale in between what just happened and what's coming. You know, like it's a yeah. Nice, I yeah. think everybody needed it. Yeah. I mean, I needed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm sure uh, you know, and Ricardo got to got to do a cover, um, which is I know some so something he's he's wanted to do. Uh, do you know. It all. It was a nice sort sort of breather for 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 everybody, really. Except the editors that had to organize all. This. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that was a ton of work. Yeah. <laughs> um. So now and now issue 51 picks up you know the next storyline and who's who's is Ricardo going to be the artist on that or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. It, we're sense. we're back back to that. Um. It's a it's a short short arc. Um. I think it's four four issues long, and so issue 50 is going to be part of that that trade. So that that's the uh, that's the other thing. This uh, issue fifty isn't going to be put into a trade for a year. Oh wow! So if that if that's a factor, and anybody that that normally reads via trades, you know, if they didn't didn't want to wait, because I think we have vol- volume eight coming out. Um, 
I think they're actually changing. I think it's going to get to come out in the in the spring now, possibly May. And so it's going to be like six months or so after that that the volume nine nine is out and that has this uh, this issue in it. All right, well, good to know. So if you want your DMZ kind of anthology fix, get it. You know, get it next week. So, all right. Um, cool. So, um, all right. So, so your other Vertigo book, uh, Northlanders, which uh, we talked about when we last talked, we talked about at the beginning of this arc, uh, the, this Plague Widow arc. Um, yep. And so the issue that's coming out this month in February is coming out at the end of the month, like February 24th, issue number 25. So it's like a milestone yep. month for you. Seriously, 50, 25, 1. I know. It all kind of happened yeah. all by, by accident. I, I, I really lobbied to get a Deviate to uh, start this month. But <laughs> I, think it was, I think it was deemed to be too, too, too much. You know? yeah. <laughs> uh, I didn't want to spread it, spread it out too much, you know, spread yeah. out the uh, orders. You know? Yeah, sure. <laughs> so... Uh, so that's why I think we're, there's also going to be a deviate preview in the in the Northlanders as well. Cool. So so now now while Northlanders might be issue number twenty five, it it is the middle of an arc of an eight of an eight issue arc, so it yeah, might so, not be the so, best jumping so on. No anniversary there. <laughs> but um, but it was funny because we just uh, we just talked about uh, issue twenty four on the on the last episode of our of the of our pick of the week podcast. And, oh really? Yeah oh, yeah. It oh, just it, yeah. So um, and we were talking about it, and both Josh and I. Uh, Josh and my fanboy and I were talking about how just how fantastic this arc has been this Plague Widow arc it's, it's like it's it's um, you know I don't know if it's the eight issue length or or the the art of Leandro Fernandez or the story itself it's probably a combination combination of everything but we've just been ridiculously impressed at how good it, how good this one is not not saying the other ones weren't as good but it, this one just seems that something special to this story arc yeah well I think um and I was talking about this in, in, in an interview I did. I've been doing a lot of, the, of these things in the last week. Um, but I really feel like North Northland is because of the way it's built, because of the stru- structure of the book. Um, like, I should be getting better exponentially with each arc. Because <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm given this chance to like start, start the book over again, really, each, with each arc. So I should be, be applying everything I learn in one arc into the next, you know, in theory, I say, um, but that, I mean, that's how it should work. I mean, I'm, I'm given the, uh, the chance to basically, you know, start, start over again each time. So, um, yeah, I mean, I really, I've, I've learned that that eight issue length is, is great, um, for this book because, um, these aren't, these aren't arcs, you know, really in like in, in a larger story, they're not arcs in the traditional comic book sense. They are like from beginning to end a complete isolated story. So I like I felt like maybe six issues wasn't wasn't enough to give sort of like the epic feel, you know, and feel like a very a very satisfying chunk. So um, so I think I think any larger arc from from now on is going to be eight. Actually, I'm a liar. <laughs> I'm totally a liar because the, the 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 one after this is only five. Well, yeah. Well. So, I, so I totally just lied. Um, <laughs> Yeah, sorry. So I guess I'm not doing it in an issue arc. Well, but the future I, but ones I, might I be eight issues. <laughs> I try, yes. Um, well, the, the, the reason why the one after this is, is short because of the artists we're getting. That's all they could. That's all the time they had in their schedule. Um, so, so I mean, obviously, I'm writing it, you know, to be a lot denser uh, to try to like pack as much into the five issues as I can. But. Uh, uh, the uh, deviate is is eight issues long. If that helps, <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense because of the title, right? Deviate and eight issues. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, so I think I think I feel like that's a great a great length for this for this book. Um, it feels I, I really felt like that that first trade was was epic in that sense that it was long. Yeah, and and uh, part of the eight issue eight issue length for, on the story is that it, you just feel I feel really like especially in this story where you know it's a it's uh, it's a Russian town in like what like nine hundred something um, and yeah, yeah. you know and they're oh, no ten twenty that's what it is and they're they're living in in right. f- fear of a plague or in fear of a, of disease being spread and you just feel so like reading it I just feel so entrenched and cold and and alone and scared and it's just like right. and it's and it's amazing to see how you and uh, Leandro have been able to keep that tone from issue to issue to issue um, and it just it, like I keep saying entrenched like I just don't feel like I don't see where the end is you know like it's just like this is yeah. your, your like in the reality with the characters <laughs> it's uh, the the whole cold thing is um, 
I've been a bit, a bit obsessed obsessed with that in this arc. I read this book. Um, I don't have have it here. I can't tell you what it's called, but it's, it's sort of like this this book that was about like um, extremes, like extreme heat and cold, like extreme things like the ocean floor and and outer and outer space. And I remember I read the the sec, section about cold and explains like like you know what happens to the human body when it freezes basically or when you get hypothermia or a frost a frostbite and why why you're colder when it's windy it's like a very technical book and um i think it gave me night nightmares uh, when i when i read it because it was like horrible like a horrible horrible book you know and it's like I, I never wanted to leave the house after that and so it's sort of like a, i mean i read it year, years ago and it's sort of like um it's been like this like obsession in the back of my head. Like I got to write a story that's like, that's, you know, it's like white out in a way. Um, so, uh, so this, this was, was like a great chance and I really hammered it at home in the script. Um, uh, I could just did, like, I tried to like make this look as cold as possible, as cold as possible in a way. I almost, I mean, not to take anything away from, from the colorist who's, who's awesome. I love Dave, but like when when Leo's pages come back, like it's cold. Like he does, he really pulls it off. And I think I mean it helps because his his art is is the way the way it is. You know, it's very stark. But uh, yeah, it's it's coming along great. I I think that I'm I'm the most hap, happy with this story out of all of them. This is this is gonna be a great trade when it comes out. This is gonna be a great one. To yeah, have to and, it, and because of its length, it allows you to do like several twists like it's not like it's like you know there's one peak peak event you know there's like several as we go um what just had happened in number four um when like gunborg goes out you know and what does what whatever he does i mean this is kind of the beginning of like the build-up to like this big conflict but there's going to be this whole other thing with uh, hilda and that guy that guy that keeps coming around the guy that killed her friend um so uh, there's, there's that too. So I can sort of have like you know several things happening at once in that in that length, which is which is nice. And uh, yeah, it's gonna like everybody's like, man, I don't know what's gonna happen. You know, like how's how's he gonna make this like how's he gonna draw 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 this out for like another four four issues? But I think there's a lot of stuff that I'm setting up. Um, the whole Gunborg Boris conflict is obviously going to play out too, and and that's fascinating because you because on on top you know because you've got so you know you got the plague widow you got Hilda the main character and it's just, it's a story of you know survival for her but then you know but then you've got this great kind of you know religion versus kind of reality you know kind of argument that's yeah. going on with the with the with the monk like character with Boris and then with everybody else and and in a time period where you know they know nothing about science or disease you know how to cure disease or anything like that so it's. It, yeah, that's actually been a little hard to uh, write, actually, because I take it for uh, granted, like stuff about like you know how, like, um, like even what what being being sick is, you know, like you sort of like you you rationally know that you know you have, you know, virus in your body that has to like work its way out or whatever. But then they they didn't know a clue for all for all they know it came from from God, you know, God God was making them them sick. I mean, so that's a, a constant thing I have to keep keep reminding myself of. You know. Um, yeah, it's really a, with with a, with Boris and Gunborg. It's really almost like a like an intellectualism versus like the opposite of that. I don't know, populism or something. I mean, Boris is like the smart one. He's, he's the only one that like knows all these facts, and he's like laughed laughed at for like using big words, you know. You know, we don't we don't want any of that, you know. So, yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. and 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 then you throw in the level of you know, like I said, you know, I, I say like realism. Like you got these, you know, these um, warriors who just know what's in front of them. You know, like you know, there's a danger, right. kill it. You know, like that sort of thing. So it's this barbarianism almost. You know, um, yeah. It's, this is really my first attempt at writing anything like a a uh, horror book, and that was kind of what I what what I wanted to do at the beginning, um, like a survival horror. Um. Yeah, and not to use a cliche, but it really does does, does get a lot worse. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, so issue twenty five comes out later this month, and um, and you know if you haven't picked it up, if you can go find the back issues, I would say do it. But um, uh, and it's gonna be a great trade when it comes out. Leandro's that's the one thing. Leandro Fernandez's art is just was fantastic, so good. I know. I'm dying to. I'm actually like been racking my brain trying to figure out what he and I can 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 do next. Um, because we I mean, we we really work together well. Like we both agree um so uh 
I'm just trying to find like space in my schedule. Yeah, well, that's the challenge. Well, with this packed schedule, with this packed month, I can't imagine you have any space. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm writing. I'm writing five five books now, um, which is kind of nuts. I mean, that was kind of a mistake. Like, I really can handle four comfortably. Um, but there's a bit of overlap because I just started the uh, the New York Four, right? right. Um, and I'm not done done the demo yet, so that that's overlap, blocking right. a bit. So is is New York Four going to come out under Vertigo or? Yeah, yeah, oh, awesome. it's actually going to be um, it's going to look it's going to be just like like demo in terms of a six six issue monthly black and white book. Um, obviously, it's not it's structured differently, but but you know physically, it's like demo. I love that book. I was, I was, I was, I was glad to hear that I was going to live on beyond Minx because that, that book just, you know, being from New York and everything, it was just, it was a blast to read. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's coming along good. I've, I've written two uh, scripts and Ryan's drawing, drawing the second one. Now. Oh, that's great. Awesome. So I'm, not, I'm, I'm not sure when that, when that appears though. Yeah. Somewhere down the line. Some, some to look forward to. Um, yep. but so, uh, so speaking of things to look forward to, so in April and as you mentioned earlier, you got, um, uh, deviate. Now this is, you know, we had talked about deviate for a while now and you're saying this is like kind of, of your pet, you know, kind of dream project, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 it really is. Um, so, and, and I think when, when people hear that and then knowing that it was a, you know, late 90s Wildstorm title, that kind of gets some people to kind of, you know, kind of be curious. So why why, why are you so attracted to the title Deviate? It was, um, I, mean, I, I always preface this by saying that, like, I'm not like like a lot of my, uh, my peers, and I didn't grow up reading comics. Um, like they didn't like imprint on me at like a young a young age, um, which is kind of like explains why I don't really work on the company books all that much. Um, but but Deviate was a book that I read. I think it was actually more like like the mid nineties. I think ninety six is when that those Warren Warren Ellis books came came out. Um, and that was right around the time when I you know, it was kind of like, you know, really, really immersing myself in the comics and thinking maybe this is what I, what, what I wanted to do with, with my life. And so this book came out and I knew Warren's name, which is why I read it. And, uh, I remember just being appalled. Like I could not believe someone printed this book. I mean, you look back, I mean, it's, it's still like quite, I mean, it, it ages really well in terms of like, you know, it's like shock factor and it's like there's stuff in there that I, I don't think Wildstorm would 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 actually print now. There's like straight straight up incest. Right. Well, it was pre DC Wildstorm too, right? Yeah, uh, was, I guess yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah it was, I guess yeah. that uh, that explains it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, people are like doing doing coke off of the street, like like physically bending down and doing coke off the street. And there's a girl with a vagina, like a giant vagina mouth in her stomach. You know, and I'm just like, I remember looking at that. And I'm like, oh my, God, I cannot believe this. This is awesome. You know, I didn't think you you could actually do this stuff. You know, um, in these like sort of like mainstream books. So. Um, yeah, you know, and and the arc, like, like Warren's arc, is just like it's just great. I mean, it's super smart, I and mean, it's like like the best of Warren I've felt. You know, I still I still feel, even though he might laugh at me for saying that. Uh, and it's sort of like you know, always like stayed stayed with with me. I feel like it like helped helped inform a lot of the stuff I've done. Um, so it's so certainly like this. You know, writing writing teens, you know, in a specific way. I felt like I always like refer back to that book a lot, and um, so it was the first first thing I wanted to write at Wildstorm. When whenever it was Wildstorm, you know, appro- pro- approached me. Well, you know, they're like, is there, is there anything you want to pitch? I'm like this, and they're like, no, no, that's that's done. You know, I think I think at the time, whoever it was had decided they were like, you know that book and like run it, run, run its course, you know? And, uh, and I would try off and on over the years. I would, I think I pitched it four, four times separately. And this most recent time, uh, Ben, the editor there, you know, asked me if I wanted to, uh, to write this one of their other, other books. And, uh, and I said, I, I, I don't really know, know that book all that well, but I do know this. And he's like, we're not do, doing that book. <laughs> it was like the same thing. And I was like, man, come on. Let's, it's, it's turning into like, like my, uh, my white, white whale, you know? <laughs> and so, uh, you know, so I just went, went, went ahead and pitched it as, as, as if he said yes. I figured, well, I just got to like, at the very least, I can like pitch, pitch it so, so they know what I'm talk, talking about, you know? And I pitched it and they were like, hmm. And then, then they approved, approved it in like a week. 
<laughs> not that I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I hope it's because it's like really, really great. But I don't. I mean, I hope they're not just humoring me. <laughs> I'm sure they're 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 not. But um, it was. It's a great. I mean, I really hope that. I mean, I, I really tried hard to like reintroduce this this book, and I hope it like has has a life beyond just these eight eight issues I'm writing. Um, like, I hope it becomes like a like a like a like a constant pre- uh, presence, you know, in the, in the imprint because I really do like, like it. And I really love all those characters and, you know, hats off to everybody, you know, Jim Lee and Warren and everybody that kind of built them up. Um, they're really, I don't, I don't really think a lot of people get how, how interesting and unique they are. It's a great raw material as a writer. Those guys. Well, considering considering how you know how you know dating back to the nineties, I don't even know if the if that old stuff is still in print or not. I don't think it is. But um, no, only only Warren's trade is, which is I mean that was a big part of 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 how I wrote this this new book. So I think they there there was a, in the total thirty two issues of that book. I went on eBay and bought them, and um, and on, only the first six are are actually in print. So, uh, and like all kinds of shit happens, you know, between issue seven and 32. And I remember at the beginning, I'm like, well, that stuff isn't in print. Like I can't, I almost feel like I have to ignore all that just for the sake of like accessibility. I mean, if I, I mean, if I picked up on those abandoned story storylines from like a decade plus ago, that means anybody that, that wanted to read mine, would would either be like com- completely ignorant, or would have to like do do what I did and scour e- eBay, you know, and like assemble a, a run, which wasn't practical at, at all. So it's, I mean, it's a pretty, you know. So I just kind of look looked at like Warren's take on on them and used used that as a basis, and I relaunched it. Um, I felt like that was the the only sane thing to do. Um, because I because I I want it to you know to be something everybody can kind of pick up and read even if they haven't read it everything you know so so and so now does does Deviate exist within the Wildstorm universe proper like is it is you know um yes mm-hmm. yes although not in my story if that makes sense um, <laughs> like in in my story they're they're actually not on on Earth um and they they return turn to Earth at the end so in theory they're you know, they're like it's it's at the same same time as the current like world's end stuff, but they're physically not there. Yeah, yeah right. if that makes it, yeah, if I'm being being clear. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah. It's not like a, like an alternate history, or it's not like a classic story or something. Uh, it is happening right now in terms of the of the Wildstorm books, but uh, and then they reju- rejoin Earth at the end. So. If there if there's ever any deviate after it, it, it is part of the part of the world's end stuff. Cool. And so so now for you know considering the the you know the age of the material and the lack of the reprints. So so somebody who's never read Warren stuff or or has never heard of deviate like how, what's the what you know what's the small pitch for it or what you know uh, aside from you know doing coke off the street oh. you know like, what, like right. who are these characters right. you know like, yeah. You know. I mean I think I think it, it's going to be helpful if someone has even like a very rud- rudimentary knowledge of. Wildstorm. I mean, the carriers in, in 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 it, right? And I just assume people know what that that is, or at the very least, they'd be like, okay, it's a spaceship, you know. I mean, yeah, but it's there, but then I don't ex- explain what the carrier is. It's just there. So there's. I mean, I think it helps if you kind of get a few things like um like that, but um, and you sort of get that that these characters were like in like a lab. They're like lab rat type type guys. Um. That's not super super important though, and what what it is is um, they're actually very very much like like DMZ, and that that is just occurring occurring to me to me now is these characters kind of get dropped into like this foreign foreign world um, with zero ex- explanation or or prep, and um, this world happens to be like a stone a stone age, um, very earth earth like planet, but set back when everybody was carrying spears around and uh and so and the thing with these kids is that all all their 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 powers i've realized early on were very like you know sort of elemental primal powers like like heat and cold uh super size um 
thing, things like like that. So it really felt like like old gods, and I kind of pulled on some some of my my Norse god knowledge for this. And if they they literally drop from from the sky, um, which which is what they do in the first page of the book, they they are gods to someone five thousand years ago. You know, they're like. They're the exact definition of a god, you know, they, and they and they act like gods. They're like temperamental and angry because they're like pissed off kids, um, irrational, and they one one of them can can grow as big as a giant. So I mean, that's a god, you know. So I just sort of like played off of that, and uh, they so, so I sort of drop drop down, and they don't really like each other all that much, and they kind of never never have. So they quickly kind of find find homes in various friendly tribes. And sort of like uh, use them in, as like proxy arm armies in a war against each, each other. Um, like some some of them come down to like awesome we're we're gods all these people worship me I'm gonna like I'm gonna max this out you know I'm gonna make them do do what I want because I'm a god they're on power power trips and other ones are like I don't really know if we should should be playing gods you know with with all these people's lives so there's a lot of conflict there. Um, which then plays out in very in various ways throughout the eight the eight issues. I mean that that's not very uh, brief. I'm sorry. No, no, no. But it's I mean that's the kind of thing. It's a it's a play on the powers and and like you said, godhood and the title "Gods and Monsters." I think kind of sums it up as well. Um, right. It's very it's yeah. a very literal title. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and so and you're working with Rebecca Isaacs, who has a story in DMZ, I say as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, she actually did that quite recently. We've been working on DVA for like a long time. We're actually almost done. Um, so uh, um, DMZ came came um, after we we had been working working together for months and months. And she's she's great. She's like uh, you know pretty pretty new. She did a bunch of Devil's Do stuff, I, I believe. And she did one Marvel fill in on Miss Marvel before DBA, but she's very new, very young, very talented. Yeah, and and she's been executed, because the look of the DBA characters is fairly unique in terms of, you know, if I remember correctly. I know, and I'm like yeah. a big dick, because yeah. I've been wanting to write, write this book for like a decade. So I'm like <laughs> been, been, a, been a little picky about it. Like, in my mind, I know exactly what I want it to look like, you know, especially with the with the covers, like Fiona Staples. I, I apologize to her every time I see it. Because I feel like I'm like bossing her around too much. And she's like, "No, it's cool. Just tell me what to what to do." You know, <laughs> it's artistic um, vision. <laughs> yeah, I'm like very careful. Like uh, like that image, like that cover of number two, with that big black and white face. So it's like half painted. You know, like I've had that in my head forever. You know, like from for like at least a couple of years. Like as that's so that's a cover. You know, so uh, they've all been very very kind because I think I've been very very specific about what I for what I want. <laughs> so has it been a trip to see that 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 ten year old vision of yours come to reality? I mean, is it and has it made it harder to work with them because if it's not going the direction you want it to, or have you been lucky in that it has? No, it has. I mean, I'm not like a like a tyrant about it. Um, it's and I also just had to like you know recognize that you know like I'm not going to get what's in my head. It's just not physically possible at this point. You know, I've sort of like built it up too much. Um, so I mean I've I've been flexible obviously a lot um, especially you know with like you know talk talking with the editor you know them reigning in a lot of the crazy stuff I wanted to do but, uh, <laughs> I mean I did write this entire document which I want to put put online at some point about their costumes because I changed some some of them around and it's like this like eight page document <laughs> wow. about the philosophy of like you know how why I want to change their costumes and everything like that so it's a little crazy. Um, <laughs> I like well, I like to think I got all that craziness out of the way in the first couple months, so, so now it's normal. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So, um, um, all right. So that comes out in April. So the first issue comes out, and, and you know, if you read Wildstorm and stuff, you might you definitely want to you know kind of check that out. Um, and geez, wow, it's, it sounds super interesting. But um, you you mentioned one thing earlier when we talked about Deviate about how you went out and bought off of eBay the the complete run. Um, yep. And I've heard other creators say that. So when you buy something on eBay and then you you have to give the person your address, does the person ever go like, oh, my God, you're, you're Brian Wood? Um, once in a while because I actually do buy a lot of 
I mean, this is going to get to sound lame, but I buy a lot of my own books off of eBay. <laughs> uh, like, like it sounds funny, but like, like I, I realized, like, man, I don't actually have a complete run of the original demo. Like, I'm like a missing a couple. You know, just for very, like, I move and it gets lost, or I give them away and I don't really, really realize I'm giving away my last copy. So there are times I go on there and I'm like, I just need, I need a copy of something that's like un- unavailable otherwise. And like every, every so often, somebody will will put two two and two together, and see like, oh, somebody named Brian Wood is buying my eBay item demo by Brian Wood, you know. Um, and sometimes they'll ask, you know, and they'll, they're like, what are you doing? And then I say, well, you know, I'm buying this for like my my archives. I actually don't have a set, and I feel like a loser, you know, that I can't like, you know, <laughs> that the writer of the book can't like summon up copies on command, but I, but I really can't. Um, so in this in this case, no, but stuff for other things, yes. <laughs> you don't always get them. I mean, uh, or if you get, or you, you don't get get enough. Yeah. Um, well, uh, well what I, if I were selling dem, demo issues on eBay and you contact me to buy them, I couldn't charge you for. It. I would just say, like, just like it's got to be weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know, I'm sure. I mean, I guess once you once you win win an auction, yeah, you have really, to, right? Yeah. Choice, but. Uh, <laughs> Um, I mean, I wouldn't take it for free anyway. Yeah, well. so, 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 okay, but, uh, <laughs> but I like the idea of I like the idea of buying all the old deviate issues from the nineties. <laughs> Wait a minute, this is the guy writing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Wildstorm didn't didn't have them. You know, I mean, they're they're old. I mean, they're they're quite old. So, uh, and I think by the time that that book ended, it was kind of obscure too. Like I think it had fallen off a lot. I can't believe that first. Deviate number one was like it sold two hundred thousand copies. Oh my god! Did funny. it really? Well, it had a lot of variant covers. It had eight variant, variant covers. <laughs> wow! But um, <laughs> but it was like it was before Warren was was known. I mean, I think I think Trans Transnet might have been been around, like in the early early days. But that was when it was like some very random he, uh, Helix book, you know, and um. It just had like a had a ton of variant covers by like everybody who was who was hot at at the time. So. Yeah, and th- and that was riding the whole Wildcats into Gen thirteen into DV eight kind of wave. Sorry if I remember that correctly. So um, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, it's cool. Well, it's good that you're res- resuscitating it, you know, especially considering you put so much thought in, uh, into it over the years. I mean, it's not like it's a a random. Hey, I'm just gonna play with these characters. Like you, this is this is like you know something you've been working towards. So it's cool to see it happen. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, um, well, I've taken up more than enough of your time, I think. <laughs> so yeah, fine. I always, uh, I always <laughs> like like doing podcasts. It's really yeah. easy. Yeah, no, um, it's great. Yeah. I could just like pick, pick up the phone and talk. Yeah. So, so just to recap for everybody, so demo is in stores this week. So pick that up. Yeah. Um, DMZ comes out next week on February tenth. And Northlanders on the end of the month, February twenty fourth, and then in April comes Deviate. So um, it, yeah, and also I'll say really quick, the uh, volume three of Nor- of Northlanders is out the week after, so that's like the first week of March. Um, which that is that is the one that collects all the short stories, all those like one shots and two part parters. I think I I think it's the best one. I think I'm gonna do one of those. Uh, one of those, if if someone hates it, they can mail it back to me, and I'll pay them back. Wow, that's bold. Awesome. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I mean, I'm I'm I mean, you're you're welcome to to put that online, obviously, but I'm going to do sure. a more formal yeah. formal announcement soon. Some money back guarantee on Northlanders Volume Three, huh? Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. I, I, when you guys when a couple of other creators have done that, and I think that just so like it just you know I was you know and it was what's what I find is amazing is that. You know, you've done it. And some other some other folks have done it on books that I would never con- even consider sending back. You know what I mean? Like I can't. You know, like they're good. They're quality books. So, um, so hopefully, like you know, uh, yeah, I remember when yeah. Jason Aaron did it on yes. Scout. Yeah. 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 So. No. Um, yeah. So hopefully nobody takes you up on that offer. <laughs> <'Cause> the, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. But I'm but I'm ready for it. Yeah. I mean, I really am. So right. I don't mind. I don't mind making that offer on this book because I really think it's. Uh, I mean, I think North Northlanders has as currently my my strongest writing, yeah. and uh, and and especially these stories, I feel, I feel like are very very strong. Yeah, cool, excellent. excellent. So, so and then we look forward to New York Four down the road as well. And, um, and yeah, I mean, I couldn't even yeah. begin to tell you when. No, but um, some some of them they, they always wait. They always wait until we have four done before they put it on the schedule. Yeah. And you know, this yes, their their schedule is always very busy, so yeah. it could be. 
the end of the year for all I know. Yeah, so. well, that's fine. Yeah, we, we'd rather have them be done and in the can than late and delayed and things like that. So, um, yeah. not that they would be, but still, <laughs> the chance that it happens. Possible. Possible. <laughs> so, I've been late on, on DMZ a couple of months. Yeah, so. well, that happens. A couple of well, times. well, hopefully, hopefully you'll find a, a moment to take a break in, in, in uh, the upcoming months after a busy month like this. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, now it's like I'm getting into the the point where I have to start pitching what I want to re- replace DMZ with, believe it or not. I mean, that far in in, in advance. Like, I want it all set up so there's no down, downtime, you know. So I'm, I'm already in that mode. <laughs> it's crazy. So, awesome. All right, well, we'll let you get back to work. So uh, thank you very much, Brian. We appreciate it. Sure, thank you. Thank you. I want to thank Brian for giving us some of his time and his very busy schedule with a full plate of books uh, coming up, including a New York Four, which we heard a little more about, which I can't wait to see come out. So um, check out Brian Wood's work. If you go to ifanboy.com forward slash comics, you can uh, pull Demo, Northlanders, DMZ, Deviate, put all that stuff on your pull list, go to the store, pick it up, check it out. Demo was particularly good. So if you haven't checked it out in the stores yet, go pick it up. Um, in the meantime, go to ifanboy.com, check out all the great writing and podcasts and everything we got there. And if you have any questions or want to suggest a creator we talk to, shoot us an email, contact at ifanboy.com. I'll see you next time. 